This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Uh, good morning, Canada. Welcome inside GTC. The whole gang is around on this Monday morning. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, Mark Sacchino. Tons going on in the world of golf, but as we did last week, let's do it again this week. Mark, where are you right now? I'm still in Mexico, and I just got on our Zoom call and, and was, were, was immediately startled. Bob by Adams uh, handlebars. Look, look at the stash. Look at the Movember coming in nicely. I feel like you and I walked onto the set of Slapshot or something along those lines because there's like a like a seventies vibe going on here. I love it. And Bob, we can officially announce that Young Adam finished last in our Fall FedEx Cup Fall Fantasy Picks. Um, he got the win this week, but it wasn't enough to get him out of the basement. So we have to uh, put our minds together on what this official punishment is going to be, Bob. And now I'm starting to think that maybe the handlebar just stay. Maybe that <laughs> maybe maybe as I said before, we should do the uh, we should do the old make him shave off the whole sports center, but only has to shave off half the mustache. So. Yeah, okay, some possibilities there. Uh, my girlfriend did say she didn't hate the mustache, so Ooh. I don't know about this, guys. This is uh, dangerous waters right now here. I uh, know she'll hate half. The first, I think that's the first girlfriend reference we've ever heard from you on this oh, program, by the way. Oh, boy. It's not going to go here. too far down the we, road. We could be here one, for but... a while. Yeah, anyway, getting back <laughs> yeah. on the rails. Uh, I will say I was going to save this until the end of the show, but uh, for our edge leaderboard for the FedEx fall, Bob, congratulations. You did win at 236 under par, two missed cuts, two wins. Mark, very close. It came down to the wire. You were 225 under par with five missed cuts and two wins. Now, I only had one win. But I was the best in terms of under par at 242 under par. I had a big week this week. So maybe give me something here. Maybe I just shave off the soul patch. I don't know. But we'll have to <laughs> ask our audience here. The shirt I'm currently wearing is definitely a smaller large, to say the least. So maybe I'll have to find a 2X to squeeze into at some point uh, later on in our 2024 season. Yeah, I think what we do here is, Skulls, we're going to bring it to social media. We're going to open up our TV season next year with our tailor-made product special. Then we'll be on location at the Players' Championship, uh, which you'll be a part of that show from Toronto as well. So we'll need to figure out, I think we do it at the Players' Championship show, what your punishment is going to be. So we got to get it out in social media in the spring. Hey, we're back. And give them some options. See, okay. see what the fans vote. Okay, and I'm sure there will be plenty of votes, plenty of different options we could uh, select for me coming in last. Anyway, enough about me coming in last. Let's start things off with some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. So not sure what you guys were doing a couple days ago on Saturday at about noon Eastern, but the social media world 
blew up when it was announced that Tiger Woods is making his return to competitive golf at the Hero World Challenge. We briefly discussed this on last week's show, but now that it is official, Mark, what do you think? Well, you and I were, what, 50-50? Maybe you were a little stronger than 50-50, but our angle was, listen, there was a reason that they didn't announce the 20th player. There were a reason that they were holding that back, and I, I said to you guys, I think it's he's waiting to see I bet he's doing some stuff, going through some reps, seeing how his body responds before they can give it the green light. But I think as soon as that kind of came out that way, I felt it's 50-50 here, and we're going to know in the next few days, and there, and there it goes down. And now, guys, I'm going to double down on this, and I'm going to say now we are going, not, excluding the PNC, I think that's a given that he'll likely play with Charlie in that. This will be a trial run to see what what next. If he gets through these next four days, feels pretty good, yada, 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 the next event I think we could see him announce at is, uh, I've heard for four months, I've been told for four months that he's going to play in LA, that he is playing his tournament in LA. So I think if these four days of the Bahamas go well, I think he'll announce that he will be playing, uh, starting his PGA Tour season at the Genesis. Bob, for you, were you surprised to see Tiger announcing that he will be playing in a couple of weeks? A little bit, because, you know, the only thing we've seen, we've seen him hit a couple of wedge shots. We have not seen a full swing from him yet. And I was sort of of the mind that perhaps that was something that was going to take a little bit longer with this foot surgery that he had. And I think we, I had that, uh, that podiatrist on who talked about the ramifications of that surgery. So we'll see. I think, I think this is, as, as Mark says, this is... I'm really excited that he's back, but let's not get too excited that he's going to be all the way back yet. I think we've got to kind of wait and see what happens here. But, but for sure, he would not have gone into this if, uh, if he didn't think he could play 72 holes, if he didn't think he could walk the golf course, if he didn't think he could um, be, as he would say, be competitive. I don't know what kind of swing we'll see. Uh, even, even, <laughs> even if he was healthy, he's taken a long time away from golf. So who knows what state yeah. his game is going to be in. I'm certainly curious, too, just in terms of what kind of speed he is going to have, because when he did play the Genesis this past February, Mark, you were on the call. You saw him right then and there. His ball speeds were way up. He was bombing it past Justin Thomas. He was, at times, hitting it past Rory McIlroy. In fact, he forced Rory McIlroy to switch driver heads mid-tournament because he was driving it past Rory McIlroy. So, Mark, you wonder what kind of swing he's going to have because he he mentioned it, too. He had to adjust his swing yet again to try to feel it more in his core and try to get speed that way because he couldn't quite push off the right side. I mean, there's never been a player, guys, in history, even if you go back before the surgery started, before the accident started, there's never been a player at this level, the, you know, number one in the world, that constantly went through mechanical changes and found ways to win with several different golf swings. And now he's done that post-surgery. So, you know, if you believe, sooner or later, father time catches up with everybody, okay? Um, we, you know, we all know that's coming. But that being said, I have no doubt that somehow, some way, he's going to figure out a way to hit the golf ball with 170 miles per hour plus ball speed. Will he still be in the 180s? If he does, we'll all be surprised and shocked. 
but certainly he isn't going to lose more than 10 miles an hour. So he's still going to be over 170 miles an hour. It put, still puts him well up there in terms of how far he hits the golf ball. His efficiencies, he hits it fantastic. So, I mean, the fact that not only is he hitting it with speed, he hits it pure. It goes further because of his efficiency numbers. The thing I always find curious, guys, although Riviera is such a perfect golf course for Tiger and his game, he's never won at Riviera, which is shocking. And the other thing I find interesting, I know his, uh, obviously his foundation's attached to Riviera, but we know the four days in the Bahamas are going to be perfect. He's going to play golf in 87 degrees and sunshine every day at uh, at the Albany Club for the Hero. I got to tell you, LA in February for the Genesis, it's cold. It, it, that floor, that West Coast swing is freezing. It just it doesn't line up well for Tiger. You know, we all hope for a hot April and he plays Augusta and and, and they get an early hot spring at Augusta cuz Augusta can be flip of a coin, right? And Bob and I always think he's going to play the players. Because Bob and I always go, oh, a player's a perfect golf course for him. You know what I mean? It's target golf. Uh, it's flat. Uh, Florida can be warmer than Georgia. And then he skips the players all the time. So the scheduling is mind-boggling, but uh, but we'll see. Uh, to your point, Adam, that was a long-winded answer. But, uh, I mean, I think he'll be 170 miles per hour plus, And he'll find a way to hit it uh, long like he always does. It's the competitive rust. And can he walk the golf course? Albany, I don't see it being a problem. I just want to throw in there that uh, if you were to try and think of a comparison to how many injuries had and how many comebacks he's had, the only thing I can think of is the Dark Knight in uh, the Monty Python uh, in the Holy Grail movie where he gets his arms <laughs> and legs cut off and he just keeps coming back and just keeps coming back and just keeps coming back. So there you go. Well, we'll have plenty more on Tiger Woods throughout the week across TSN's platform, SportsCenter, YouTube, The Works, and then next week, of course, when Tiger actually is playing at the Hero World Challenge. Now, Mark, you mentioned ball speed, somewhere around 170. Someone who touches 170 with probably his four iron is Ludwig Oberg, who broke through and won for the first time on the PGA Tour at the RSM Classic. Oh, what did he do? Just 61-61 on the weekend to win by four. Bob, how impressed were you by Ludwig Oberg? Yeah, that was pretty impressive. And, you know, you talked about the speed and the distance he's hitting the ball, but the straightness that he has. I mean, it's just like on a, on a rope. They actually had one drive where they calculated the, uh, the side spin was zero. He had no side spin. His ball was perfectly straight the entire drive down, which is beyond. The only thing I've ever heard about that, Mo Norman was the only guy I remember doing that at, uh, at a, uh, at a, on a simulator at one point. Or, uh, and... Um, if you're Mac Hughes, you got to scratch your head and say, man, what do I have to do? I shoot 17 under on the last two rounds, and I can't and I lose ground to this guy. I mean, that's a pretty impressive performance. Mark, for you, how impressed were you by Ludwig Oberg? Well, yeah, to Bob's point, uh, hardest thing in the world to do, they always say, as a professional golfer, is go low back-to-back rounds because you try to replicate what you did the day before. And Aubert and Hughes both did it. 60-63 for Mac, he loses. 61-61 for Aubert, he wins. Those two separated himself from the rest of the field. I think Aubert uh, likely snatches Rookie of the Year out of the hands of Eric Cole on the final Sunday of the year. Guys, when he turned professional, 
we were all on the grounds of the RBC Canadian Open. That was his first tournament as a professional golfer. That was 14 professional starts ago, if you go across the PGA Tour as well as the DP World Tour. In 14 worldwide professional starts, he has two victories now, and he went from 759th in the official World Golf Ranking to 32 this morning. This man has moved up more than 720-some-odd spots in 14 events. I got a question for you guys here. Within the next 12 months, so that basically by it, within 2024, is Ludwig Ober in the top 10 in the world or better? Ooh, that's a good question, Mark. I mean, recency bias, you have to say, Obviously, I would say so. And his, it seems like his game is all around. I mean, we could talk about his ball speed, his length, his accuracy, but to shoot 61, 61, you have to putt it pretty darn well too. So I would say certainly within the top 15, and now that he's going to have chances to play in majors and many of these big events in 2024, he'll have a lot of great chances to do just that. Bob, what do you think? Well, uh, yeah, I think he's certainly got the chance to get in there. As you said, recency bias comes into effect. There was an interesting stat that was sent over to me by the boys at uh, Data Golf, and they looked at the players who had the best, uh, let's just put a generalization, the best career stats without playing a major. Ludwig Oberg was just was number two. Do you know who number one was before he played his first major? I, Graham Dillette. Yeah. <laughs> really? Our oh. buddy Graham Dillette. And just as, just as a sidebar, by the way, I, this morning I got up and I decided, hmm, I wonder what, uh, what his odds are at the Masters. So I uh, picked him up for uh, plus 2,800. Aha. There Ludwig you go. I, uh, what, what, the reason I love him inside the top 10 at the, at the, the end of, of next year is look at his average finish. Skulls. This is not a guy who you know, brings it and then disappears the next week. It doesn't matter what country we're playing golf in, what tour we're playing golf in. If Obert is pegging it up, he usually has an opportunity to win, has an opportunity to top 10. A bad finish for him is around 20th, 25th. That's a bad week. And now you're in signature events and majors. If you keep up that level of consistency, if you project what he did over 14 events and project that over 25, 30 events worldwide, it's almost impossible to keep him out of the top 10 with the points he would consume. A victory on the PGA Tour, a win on the DP World Tour, helped Europe win the Ryder Cup, and the guy hasn't even started in a major championship yet. Looking forward to seeing what the future holds for Ludwig Oberg. Before we sign off and go to break here, Mackenzie Hughes. I mean, this guy played remarkable all week. That putt for 59, Saturday's third round, you know he just misread it a little bit. But, Bob, it was, you know what, kind of a strange year for Mackenzie Hughes. He started out really well last fall, played well during this fall portion of the schedule, and then in between it was a lot of inconsistency. What do you think Max feeling this morning? Yeah, he missed a lot of cuts. Uh, he, he had that win, as you said earlier, on Sanderson Farms and then really didn't have a lot of great finishes he uh, at the end of the year here he you know he was one spot out of getting into the uh, top 50 to get in all the signature events which has got to be the most frustrating thing in the world so then he comes and plays a bunch of tournaments uh you know parts ways with his coach parts ways with his caddy he picked up Julian Trudeau by the way who was a longtime caddy for 
Craig, he gave him a two two tournament test, and I got to think that he because he finished tied for seventh and runner up that he'll probably be on the bag in the, when they start again. But Mac has always been a little bit inconsistent with his really good finishes or kind of miscuts, so it's not a big surprise. But I know it frustrates him. He wants to be a little bit more consistent and, and obviously consistently better. Mark, for you, your thoughts on Mac? Yeah, Hughes? I was just gonna. Just echo what Bob said. I, I saw Julian and I saw Mac a couple of weeks ago down here at, at uh, the Worldwide Technology. And, you know, he had a good fall. And now he's, at the very least, guys, he's played his way into the top 60. He got one of those additional 10 spots that were available that the guys were playing for, for the fall. So did he get the win? No. But he does leave with some huge positives. He grabs that all-important 50 to 60 position on the FedEx Cup. That's going to get him into a large bucket of things he wants to get into. And, and to Bob's point, now, maybe for the first, yes, without a win, I think he has momentum, though, going into 2024. I think we might see a very good spring out of, uh, out of McKenzie. Well, it's been a great year for Canadian golf professionally in 2023. And one of the leaders behind that, Stephen Ames, who won four times on PGA Tour Champions. When we come back here on Golf Talk Canada, Stephen Ames will join the show. This is GTC. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Mark Skeno, Bob Weeks. Well, in Canadian golf in 2023, on a professional level, the winningest Canadian with Stephen Ames, who won four times on PGA Tour Champions. Now, before we get to the interview, Stephen and I spoke last Friday on a Zoom call, and we opened up the Zoom call, and as he was connecting to audio, Bob, he was giving my mustache one hell of a look. He, uh, he was a little taken aback by the furry duster on my upper lip, which I know both you and, uh, and Mark were for sure. So uh, funny to hear that from Stephen Ames. Okay, let's hear the interview now. Uh, here's myself with Stephen Ames, four-time winner on PGA Tour Champions this year. Pleased to welcome Stephen Ames, who won four times on PGA Tour Champions, back to Golf Talk Canada in 2023. Stephen, welcome back to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me, Adam. Absolutely. Okay. So four wins on PGA Tour champions in 2023. Could you have seen this year coming? Uh, no. Uh, like, like I've uh, alluded to before in our last conversation, if I knew that was going to happen, I'd be buying lottery tickets every day. But no, I didn't foresee that. Um, I, I saw myself playing well because of the way I finished off last year. Uh, last year was a very solid, solid year and funny, you know, I was kind of hoping if I continue that kind of play, which I did, uh, maybe I'll get a win or two, but uh, four, no, very unlikely. <laughs> so in your mind, what was the biggest reason for all the success you had in 2023? Ooh, um, there, there are a few things. I mean, you, um, as we all know, this uh, golf is not easy. It's, um, uh, there are a lot of things that have to align, like the stars have to align in certain directions, obviously. But I think 
the main the main thing is that is the team that I have behind me. Um, obviously, Shaheen, I've been with for the last five six years now. He's helped me a lot with my golf swing. Uh, we do a lot of what we're doing now, which is video chatting. And I'm swinging, and he's talking about certain positions and stuff, which I understand uh, completely about it. And then, of course, I've got Alan Fine, who is my psychologist, who I've had for since '04. Uh, we've been in and out, in and out, uh, from PGA Tour going to the Champions Tour. And I got to the stage of the Champions Tour where it was like, you know, I was fed up the way I was thinking and doing everything. So I gave him a call back. So we started back again. Um, I think it was three, two, two and a half years ago now we've been back together. So I think that kind of adds up to everything. And then, of course, end of 2020, when we were going through um, COVID, I injured myself and I was like, you know, I'm fed up with the way I feel also. So I hired uh, Harry C., who actually happens to be John Rahm's and Adam Hadwin's uh, personal trainer. So uh, Harry's got me back into the best shape I've ever been in my life. And I feel very strong and helpful. And uh, as we all know, we're not getting younger. I'm 59 now and it's, uh, I feel very healthy and feel very strong at this age right now. So all these things have aligned perfectly for me. And uh, I'm basically, got, I've got a wife who does everything for me right now. So I don't have to do anything but play golf, which is kind of nice. <laughs> That's, that now that is obviously uh, essential there. Now you mentioned Shaheen too, Shaheen Nakjavani, a world-renowned swing coach. Uh, I've also uh, done some work with Shaheen as well as many other people all over the world. How often do you guys actually video chat and check in throughout the season? We try to do like once a month. So if I've got a week off and I want to start back again, we do like Sunday or Monday mm -hmm. uh, before the event. There's certain things that we look at and, the same things pop up, which is which is nice. It's not something new. It's always the same things that keep popping up, and it's the same things that I'm concentrating on as the week goes on. And I periodically check every day, just looking at my posture through just a quick video from my, my caddy holds it and checks it. And I just periodically check to see that everything's working fine. And from there, it's just a mental, mental approach. You know, focus on something, get up and hit it. Um, the rest of it pretty much happens as it goes along, uh, which is nice. So like I said, golf, golf's been good. It's been easy. So all those things kind of add up and it helps. It helps when you win four, year, four times in one year as well. Yeah, it certainly does. Now, I saw uh, recently that you graded your season as a B plus. Given the yeah. four victories, how did you <laughs> only grade it as a B plus? Are you just a hard marker or what? I am a hard marker. Yeah, because <laughs> it's funny because uh, 22... 22, I thought, actually was a better year than 23, but I didn't have any wins. Hmm. So I graded, I graded on the fact that every week I had an opportunity to win. This year, I had four wins, but at the same time, it was extremely inconsistent because there were some weeks where I was 40th, 50th, which I didn't like at all, or even 30th, and I didn't like that, and I thought it was so inconsistent. So it was, very, it was a bigger wave, let's put it this way. It was a bigger wave this year, but at the same time, there were big highs and big lows. While last year, they were very, you know, it's pretty much like the water I have outside right now. It's just nice and calm, you know, so it's perfect. I like that way. <laughs> oh, man, that's a very good way to put it. Now, obviously, four wins for you in 2023. Numerous wins for Team Canada across professional tours in 2023. How special is it for you to be part of one of the greatest seasons in Canadian golf history? Yeah, I think we got more great seasons coming up. <laughs> Let's put it that way. A lot of great golfers are coming out. Obviously, the biggest one being Taylor. 
uh, Nick Taylor winning the Canadian Open, getting the monkey off the Canadians' backs in that respect. Um, but I think overall, it's uh, it's showing that, that the golf itself, how much stronger it's becoming Canada, considering that we're a winter, more of a winter country rather than a golfing country. And uh, the fact that we have so many Canadians now that are knocking on the door. Brooke obviously still playing the way she's been playing for for the last couple of years is phenomenal. And now the men are starting to knock on the door more and more often. So, yeah, I think uh, I think overall Mike's going to have a hard pick when it comes to the President's Cup, which is a good problem to have. You know, hopefully there'll be more Canadians on the team and uh, he picks a couple more that should be there or deserve to be there. So we'll see what he does with his picks. Well, it was so funny you mentioned the President's Cup because uh, Bob Weeks was speaking with Weirzy uh, back at Royal Montreal probably a couple months ago, and he yeah. gave Weirzy the over-under of two and a half Canadians on that team, and he took the over. So I, what, what do you think? Over-under two and a half Canadians on the team? I agree with that. It's going to be tough, like I said. We've got so many great Koreans also who are playing well that are playing in the state, playing in the American golf and stuff. But I think it's uh, kind of fitting. We have... The, we, the, the level of talent is very high, which is the same for our events when we're going in, in a couple of weeks at the World Golf Championship one in Florida. Uh, the international teams are very high in that respect. So it's, I mean, when you consider the, fact, the career that I've had and I haven't ever played the President's Cup, that says volumes there because, the, because we have such a depth of damn, uh, a big uh, depth there in respect of international players. So, uh, hopefully there'll be more than two players, yes, on the on the international team of the President's Cup, Canadians, that is. Definitely. Okay, before we wrap up, you mentioned uh, you're in the best shape of your life. It's the off-season now, big off-season plans. You're going to try to get into even better shape, Stephen? Yes, pretty much. Uh, I've got this week off. I'm actually in an hour. I'm off to the gym. So it's kind of hard. Uh, you know, I've taken a couple of days off, and it's uh, – it's been very relaxing and stuff, but at the same time, it's hard for me to sit down. Both of us, actually, my wife and I, we don't like sitting around too much, so we're pretty active on the whole. So we're going to go start, kickstart the year off, uh, our off-season off, uh, getting ourselves ready for next year. Well, that's awesome. Well, Stephen, 2023, a year we will not forget. Congratulations on the success you had throughout the year and all the best in 2024. Thanks a lot, Adam. Many thanks to Stephen Ames for joining us here on GTC. When we come back, it's our favorite time of the show. It is Winners, Weird, and What. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside GTC, Scully, Weeks, and Zucchino. Okay, it is our favorite time of the show. It is winners, weird, and what this week? Mark has the tea. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, gentlemen. Well, you know, in an era where I am sick and tired of made-for-TV matches with celebrities, the most unwatchable crap ever produced, and yet I keep seeing now Netflix is involved with it. And this, I mean, how many more of these things do we need to collectively suffer through? I have not watched one, by the way, since it was Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, 
Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson. I think that's the only one I ever watched. That was enough for me. My winner this week is the opposite of that. This is a celebrity from another sport. Hall of Famer John Smoltz, famous pitcher for the Atlanta Braves, is not a Hollywood golf handicap. This isn't some pie-in-the-sky guy uh, that they give some uh, BS sponsor's exemption to so he can parade around a golf course and shoot 283s. John Smoltz went to second stage of Champions uh, Q School, and has qualified for the final stage of the Champions Tour. This is the hardest tour. Bob, is there a harder tour in the world to get on than the Champions nope. Tour? Unbelievable. Not. Smoltz is the real Not. deal. He is the real deal. I've seen him hit the ball. It's, uh, I mean, he is smooth, and he works hard at it since he retired, obviously. It's been, uh, it's been quite the uh, performance, but, boy, it's, uh, it's something else to watch this guy hit the ball. It certainly is a blast to watch John Smoltz hit the ball. What an accomplishment this is, too. Pretty cool to watch, so well done, Schmoltz, and who knows? He has a shot. He's in. You can't win if you're not in. He's in. Okay, my weird this week. This was beautiful. I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, not the easiest week for you uh, Luton on the uh, DP World Tour. Uh, was very frustrated with his game, hitting it absolutely sideways. Uh, misses a horrible drive off the tee, and as he's walking off the tee, he fires his driver up into the air. Well, the driver goes up into a tree and stays there. Well, the odds of the, the driver staying there are, are one thing, but that's not where it ends. He then proceeds to take the next four to five minutes to get it out of the tree, and by, by trying to toss up other clubs to knock it loose, and he loses two more golf clubs in the tree. He had three golf clubs in the tree. Finally, the uh, official comes around and says, your time's up. You got to go. He plays the remainder of the nine holes with 11 clubs. Now, thankfully, guys, a volunteer ended up getting them out and returning them back to him. So he had his full 14 clubs back on the back nine. But he played several holes with nothing other than 11 clubs. And this steam coming <laughs> from his ears were unbelievable. Have you guys ever seen anything? Like, I've never seen this before. The only thing I can tell you is the great story. I didn't see this, but Curtis Strange told me this. Early on in his career, he was playing in uh, the Inverary Classic, one of the uh, Florida stops, and his caddy was walking across a bridge. There were some players on one side, and, and fans were walking on this bridge over water, and he hit him, and the caddy looked like he was going to fall in. Curtis grabbed his by the hand. The bag tipped over, and all but three clubs were left in the bag, and he had to play the last two holes with three clubs to make the cut, and he did it. Oh. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I remember back in the 2010 Ryder Cup, Tiger Woods and Steve Williams were beside a green. There was a water hazard quite close to it, and Steve was cleaning uh, Tiger's nine iron, and it fell out of his hands into the water hazard right then and there. That was the story of the U.S. in the 2010 Ryder Cup. Tiger losing a club and their rain suits. That didn't work. Jeez. Uh, my what this week, guys? I just found this interesting, a little head-scratching. And where there's smoke, there's fire. And you remember the news that came out of the Ryder Cup, the U.S. Ryder Cup team. Obviously, the problems with Joe LaCava and Rory McIlroy, Hatgate with Patrick Cantley, Xander Shoffley being the guy that said, I don't want Netflix in the dressing room, keep the Netflix cameras out of here. Potentially, Shoffley and Cantley uh, staying in another uh, dressing room away from the team. Uh, we, can know, uh, we cannot deny or confirm any of this, but where there's smoke, there's fire. 
Uh, Rory McIlroy resigned uh, from the uh, the PGA uh, Tours Players Council uh, uh, this week, uh, policy board. And, uh, you know, sooner or later, something had to give is what Rory said. Basically, uh, you know, saying I think he felt like he was donating too much of his time to, to that cause. Um, but Cantley's on that board. Then you look at Tiger and Tiger puts himself into the Hero World Challenge the day after or later on the same day, Cantley and Shoffley pull out of the Hero World Challenge with Tiger going in. Am I reading too much into this, guys? Or is, do you think there's a little friction here? And maybe this is a reason why the international team is going to win on Canadian soil next year. Hmm. <laughs> you know, there was uh, there was some talk last week that Cantley wasn't going to play. Apparently, he had told... Uh, one, there was some interview somewhere where he said, yeah, he probably wouldn't be playing it this year because he wants to shut things down. I don't know about Shoffley, but certainly things get curiouser and curiouser, as they like to say. All right. Well, we'll keep our eye on that one over the winter. Bob, the teaser is now yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun. We're having fun. Look, it went further than your ball. Well, our good pal, uh, Brooks Kepka, I'm calling him the winner because of how he trolled his own league. He trolled the Live Golf Series, and Kepka's never one to hold back or pull a punch on anything. And there was a post that uh, Live Golf put up, and it was supposed to be sort of a fun one. It listed a number of possible or imaginary DMs that you might get. And there was one from Phil Nicholson that says, hey, would you like to go for a short game lesson? Another one from Bryce and said, hey, come on, we'll hit some bombs. And it went on and on. There was about five or six of them. And, and they, they sort of said, well, what would you respond to first? Which one of these would you respond to? And Brooks Kepka actually responded to this saying the DM with the schedule for next year would be nice. Because as of right now, there is only one location confirmed for Live Golf Tour, which starts in the new year. So it's a, getting a little bit late as to uh, finalizing some of these golf courses, uh, but I love the fact that, that Brooks took shot at his own group. And and Mark, you know you've you've seen Brooks before. This is this is a lot of fun, but it's not really surprising, is it? No, no. I mean, this is going to be fun over the winter, don't you think? Because I think this is not the first or the last like we're getting this right over the winter when it comes to live golf as the rumors start going to this. I mean. If there's one person who you think guys would could could reverse the clock, money aside, and not go to live, would it not be Brooks? Oh, a hundred percent. I agree. I think he, it, he was on a podcast too and said he went for the dough. So yeah, they're all finally starting to say that, which is of course all because <laughs> it's true. Uh, <laughs> my my weird is I don't know if you guys saw the SoFi Center's uh, roof collapse. This is the building the sort of stadium i guess you'd call it although it might be a little bit of a bigger it's not it's a small stadium let's call it where the tgl league is going to be playing this is the uh simulator golf league that tiger woods and rory mcelroy have spearheaded and they are supposed to start in january however uh last week there was a power failure this is one of those bubbles that's kept up by the air and the power failure stopped the compressors from uh, running and all of a sudden uh oh the thing went down and not only go go down but it went pretty damaged so it's going to be interesting to see 
if they're able to get this up in time to uh, start on time because they've actually made a lot of headway with this league in terms of teams and assigning players and what they've got going. But I don't know, Adam, what do you think? Do you think, the, you think they'll make it in time? I don't know. I mean, the, the intrigue behind the TGL is gone from how this is going to look just from a golf perspective. And now for me, it's how is this actually going to look with this stadium the way it is right now? Yeah, we'll have to see on that one. And my what this week is, uh, what do we think about Paul Azinger no longer being employed? His contract was not renewed at NBC. I think if this was Mark Zucchino, that might be his winner. But uh, but I, took it. I know Jamie Rydell, our producer, is definitely not a big Paul Azinger fan. He was a bit of a, I like Paul as a guy. I used to uh, pop into our room he, yes. when he was working at the Masters for the British television. He used to come in and chit-chat in our room. But uh, obviously he wasn't, uh, wasn't on the, in the cards to renew his contract. And now the big thing is, I'll ask both you guys this, if you could pick someone to replace him, who would it be, Mark? Well, I will agree with you, Bob. I like Paul as a person. I think he's a nice guy, and I've always gotten along with him. And um, and it's a very hard job. As we all know, we're kind of in the business. It looks a lot easier than, than it is, and especially for the people that have good skills at it. They make it look easier than it is. But that being said, as far as his performance in the role goes, this does not surprise me. Uh, just talking about... Pressure and calling out the obvious is not the role. But I will say this. I have no clue who they're going to pick, guys, but they're running out of names. If they insist on it being a major champion in the booth, which CBS and NBC always have, they got not a lot of guys left who are willing to do this. A, they can't. B, they don't want to. Or C, the modern golfer doesn't need the dough anymore. That's right about that. I mean, someone who won a member guest this year, Mark Sacchino, maybe throw your name in the hat there. there. All right, Adam, the T is yours. 348. (laughs) Oh, man, that is sweet. All right, gents, my winner this week. What a great story this is. Gary Woodland back hitting golf balls. Just eight weeks ago, he had surgery for a brain tumor, and now he's already back Hitting golf balls says he is going to play a full schedule in 2024, anticipating a January return. Says he's a little fatigued right now, but that is to be expected. Uh, when that news initially came out that you see brain and surgery in a sentence together, you think is his career finished. But that how he's already back hitting balls eight weeks later, that is certainly a remarkable story. So uh, good on Gary Woodland, all the doctors involved. This is a really, really cool story. Looking forward to seeing Gary back in action in 2024. My weird this week uh, goes to the Netflix Cup, which was this past Tuesday. And Patrick Mahomes was a guest on the podcast and for some re- or on the show, I should say. And for some reason, he was asked about drinking on the golf course and what's his magic zone when he wants to tame the nerves a little bit and he says oh i just have four or five course lights and that really calms him down bob i don't know about you but four or five (laughs) course lights that that might seem a little high or maybe to some low on the the scale in terms of are you going to be a little too calm or are you not sure whether you're hitting your seven or your nine iron uh, yeah, I don't know. There is sort of a magic number, isn't there? I, uh, I'm not one who can drink on the golf course. I have like one sip of beer and my game goes into the toilet. So, uh, but I know that there is sort of that magic, that magic number. And um, Patrick Mahomes at five sounds pretty good for an athlete. 
Mark? Bob, I'm with you. I can I can barely drink on a golf course, but I have several friends, which uh, we will not publicly several. name here now, that, that basically spend the entire golf season, and Adam knows some of them from the uh, Can-Am Cup, that basically play constantly in a state of uh, polluted. And uh, and it's just you can't get on the outside of the polluted scale. If you're too early, you won't play good enough. And if you've gone past it, where you're going to crash. So if you've got a four-day tournament, that is a sweet zone that you need to stay in if you're one of these guys. So I think we're going to have to add state of polluted to the Golf Talk Canada term list that we, uh, that we have going. And Mark, to your point, uh, back at the Toronto Hunt member guest, which we did win, by the way, there was an old-fashioned bar after nine holes. So let's just say sometimes I can play a little better. I think, them. Scully, that bar after the delay won us the member guest because you went hard and didn't change at all, did not phase you. And everybody else went hard. And when they restarted the tournament, half of them couldn't stand. Some would say that was the <laughs> TSN turning point yes. for our victory. Okay, my what this week. What a back nine for Matt Wallace on the DP World Tour on Saturday. Nine holes, nine birdies. And what was even crazier about this? In the final seven holes, his proximity to the hole averaged inside three feet. For the final seven holes, which meant he was hitting his irons on an absolute string. A couple of those were just purely tap-ins, too. So kudos to Matt Wallace. This was a remarkable nine holes of golf. When we come back here on GTC, we'll have leaderboard updates from around the world of golf. And we'll each give a grade for Brooke Henderson's season coming off a T12, the CME Group Tour Championship. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Week's episode of GTC with some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in the world of golf. Check out BushnellGolf.com for much more information. RSM Classic, Ludwig Ober gets it done, wins for the first time on the PGA Tour. Mackenzie Hughes, a runner-up finish, and a shout-out to Adam Svensson, a scintillating final round, 8-under-62 to come T5 on the LPGA Tour, CME Group Tour Championship. Amy Yang, a three-shot victory over Allison Lee and Nasa Hataoka, and a $2 million check for that as well. So a big victory for Amy Yang. Now, speaking of the LPGA Tour, Brooke Henderson finishing 12th at the CME Group Tour Championship. And now her official LPGA season is finished. There's still a couple of events she's playing in uh, in a couple of weeks. But there's a victory. There's two other top 10s in 2023 for Brooke Henderson. Bob, starting with you, how would you grade Brooke Henderson's season? I was debating between C plus and B minus. I think I'll give her the B minus. I think she's, uh, I think she's pretty. You know, it wasn't a terrible year. She got a win. She had a couple of top tens. She tooled around, and I think she's found some uh, some parts of her game that uh, in the late in the season there that might bode well going into next year. She's also 
not injured for the first time, although there's a little bit of a wrist ailment. She was wearing a bit of a bandage. But overall, this time last year, you know, she had that back issue. She solved that problem. So I don't know. I, th- I think as a, uh, I think I'm an optimistic guy, so that's why I'm giving her the B-. minus. I mean, this is hilarious. We don't talk about this stuff before we go on because we want to keep the show as conversational and uh, engaging as possible and, and stay away from, okay, what are you going to talk about? What am I going to talk about? I have exactly the same numbers. This is ridiculous. I agree with Bob. I could just say ditto pretty much to what Bob said. I had it trying to decide between C plus and B minus because of the victory. I'm moving it up to B minus from C plus. We need to acknowledge the win. Um, the only thing I would add is um, th- th- some disappointing performances in things like the o- Women's Open Championship where she missed the cut and things like that. And again, I'll say it time and time again, a victim of her own success. Right, guys? Okay, and just to be different, I'm going to give Brooke Season a B. Still won this season, which is great. And I'm looking at those short game numbers, which have significantly improved this season versus last season. And the ball striking has also gotten a lot better since that iron change recently. So I, I'm thinking big things for Brooke Henderson in 2024. Wow, that's an hour, and that's flown by very quickly. This has been a, a very busy time in the world of golf, shockingly busy in November. Next week, boys, a full preview of the Hero World Challenge. What can we actually expect from Tiger Woods? We'll discuss that and much more next week. Mark, are you playing any golf? We've got about 30 seconds left. Any golf for you this week? Uh, yeah, I'm going to play three great golf courses. I'll post a bunch of stuff on, uh, on, uh, Instagram and Twitter and whatnot. It has Bob's flipping me the bird. <laughs> we love you. Uh, play, play well. Uh, please, uh, don't send any, post any photo. Actually, please post videos. Please post photos. Please post photos. Looking forward to seeing uh, how you play. Uh, thanks everyone for joining us this morning. And remember the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.